0: It's a privilege to stand here today, surrounded by so many great fans and former players. None whose talent and legacy is more palpable than that of the legendary Barry Sanders. And I can say this from experience, no one did it better than Barry. Which is why Barry, on behalf of the Ford family and the Detroit Lions organization, It's my pleasure to announce that we will unveil an eight-foot bronze statue of you here at Ford Field ahead of the 2023 season.
1: Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions select Barry Sanders, running back of Oklahoma State. Ladies and gentlemen, like, at this time, to introduce to you uh, one of the
0: finest running backs in the United States of America, and our number one pick, Barry Sanders.
2: The young Heisman Trophy
3: winner was eager to restore the roar in the Detroit Lions. Knowing the fullness of his career, one might expect Sanders to rush for 71 yards and a touchdown in his NFL debut, though the chance came as a bit of a surprise.
4: I guess around the latter part of that, that first game, sitting there watching against the Cardinals, I wasn't necessarily supposed to play in the game, <laughs> uh, but I suited out for it. One of the coaches, I think it was Coach Dave Levy, must have asked me, do I want to go in the game?
3: 11-yard <laughs> gain and waiting in the wings on the sideline is Barry Sanders. He's having enough advance. You'll hear the cheer.
5: Well, the crowd's getting restless, and they want to see Billy. Part of me is, I want to see the show. I want him to play. Bob Galliano might have said that, that, that when he went into the game, he said, man, I don't even know the players. And so just, I'll just give you the ball, and you run.
4: And they showed me, he showed me a few plays on the sideline, and uh, fortunately, it, it was a run and play. Here's
3: Sanders with his first carry.
5: <laughs> Listen to him first run, guys, the legend was on its way, started rolling, scored a touchdown on a little toss around, and nobody could touch him.
3: Sanders, touchdown! It has been years since the Detroit crowd has been this excited about the Lions, and Barry Sanders has given them a shot in the arm.
4: The fact that I was officially here playing, um, it was it was a thrill and playing running back in NFL. It was so thrilling and exciting um, and just, you know, you know, fun.
5: The place goes nuts. All anybody could remember was Barry Sanders, the greatest running show in the history of pro football. had started right at that moment.
3: And a draw to Barry, 45-40. Breaks through. Barry's gone. It's a touchdown, Lions. Barry Sanders with a move that Mikhail borishnikov couldn't make. never number catching. See you later. Touchdown,
4: Lions. Barry's my new idol now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the way the guy runs. When I uh, when I uh, grow up, I want to run just like him. <laughs> to me, it was the only way I'd ever run. I was always uh, the smallest guy or the near smallest guy out there. I was never going to be a guy out, out running over everyone, uh, dipping my shoulder. Uh, there's always a design play. Just being able to, to run that way. Run, you know, follow what you see and follow your eyes.
3: Out of the way to Barry off the right. Barry to the 45 and bumps to the 40, breaks it 35, 30. He's gone. The greatest
4: that was one of those runs where it looked like I was going to be stopped, kind of bounce off a defender, um, it kind of looked like they thought I was down or was about to go down um, and didn't react fast enough and was able to pop out of there.
3: For ten seasons, fans enjoyed watching the elusive style unique to Sanders. With a decade of spectacular highlights, it'd be difficult to regard only one game the greatest. Certainly, though, the final matchup of the 97 regular season was one for the books. Simply for the Lions' win,
1: they're in the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. Barry Sanders goes for another rushing title, needs 131 to hit the 2,000 mark. Sanders on the draw. Longest run of the game, and he's in the clear!
4: running the football. I always believed in that. Um, you know, sure enough, you know, we bust one out of there.
1: Give it to Sanders. Oh, what a move! Oh, my!
5: The go-ahead and clinching touchdown as he and as he went into the end zone, you could see him shaking his right hand like that. This was a guy who never spiked the ball, never it, just handed it to the referee, but he knew that. He knew what it meant. He went in there shaking his right hand.
1: Sanders needs two for 2,000, and he's right about at two there, out to the 44-yard line. Yeah, they're going to take this ball because because this is the ball that he got 2,000. There it is.
3: The linemen, they're the ones who wanted the 2,000. Barry didn't talk about it.
4: You know, it was such a great year. Guys that I had a chance to line up with that cared so much about, you know, seeing me succeed. You'll see us run off 14. Consecutive 100-yard games—that was something they they really took pride in. We end up um, getting the 2,000 yards. We end up getting the win. Um, And again, it was one of those days. I just remember the noise and the (laughs) sort. Um, and just the excitement of the crowd, um, you know, it was um, it was so um, real and, and loud and exciting. Um, just to you know, another one of those uh, treasure memories.
3: Only one average Sanders season away from breaking the NFL's all-time rushing record, the 31-year-old today announced he is retiring from pro football after 10 seasons.
4: It's hard to leave. You know, even, even when I knew it was time, it was, it was hard to leave uh, because I played it all my life and, and being able to play it at the level that I did, I just understood that um, there was no more to do. I understood that about myself at, the, at that time and, and so that's what I did. You know, when, when, when you get drafted, you don't, you don't know where you're gonna end up. And um, I can't think of a better place um, for me than, than Detroit and I appreciate you.
0: Obviously everybody knows what Barry meant to not only our team, but to the league and what a weapon he was. He's the the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Barry, your legacy will be forever cemented in Detroit and celebrated for generations to come. Congratulations, Barry. There is nobody more deserving than you, my friend.
4: Thank you so much to the Detroit Lions and the entire Ford family. I'm truly honored and humbled by this. And I gotta say, I'm truly blessed to play here in front of these amazing fans and in this great city where I was drafted since 1989. I'm so humbled and honored by this. Thanks a lot.
3: Draw to Barry across midfield, 45. He's in the open, 40, 30. He's up to the races, 20, 15, 10, 5, gone. Touchdown, Barry Sanders. The Cut back over the middle of the 25 to the 20. Breaks a tackle the 15. Stop, starts 10-5, touchdown, lands. holy mackerel. He is putting on a show.
6: And he is Detroit. You can't talk about Detroit without talking about Barry Sanders. I mean, they just go hand in hand. You know, that's you just can't speak on Detroit without that. You know, to me, in itself, that just shows the legacy of that man. When you say Detroit, Barry Sanders is the first thing to show that thinks that you think about.
3: Barry Sanders cut back over the middle, got free to the 25, 30s off to the races, 40, midfield, 40, it's a foot race to the 30, keeps going to the 10, 5, and touchdown!
0: I'll tell you what it means to Barry. I think it, it is not honoring Barry Sanders, but I think it's honoring the people that he played with. That's what I think it would mean to Barry Sanders.
4: When you think Lions football, you think Barry Sanders, and that's why, I mean, it's only right that he's going to get a statue at Ford Field, you know, so that's that's exciting for us. You know, I can't wait to witness that myself because, I mean, it's, it's deserving to, like I say, the most humble man, the most humble superstar probably that you'll meet.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Legends of Sports and Music. This is your host, the original great Rob Silver. Happy holidays to everybody out there. I'm recording this Thursday afternoon, right before the Detroit Lions play their annual Thanksgiving Day game. I've got the game on mute as I'm recording my tribute podcast, my second tribute podcast on Barry Sanders. This time, we will be reviewing the Amazon Prime documentary that was released just a few days ago called Bye Bye Barry. And like I've done with the other documentary reviews I've done on the podcast, I break down into, I break the documentaries review into intervals. Uh, Usually it's four parts. This time, since it's an hour and a half, I'm going to break it down into three parts. We'll talk about the first half hour, then the second half hour, and then the third half hour in three individual segments. Um, As you heard at the beginning of the podcast, highlights of Barry Sanders' incredible career. The greatest Detroit Lion of all time. That's a fact, ladies and gentlemen. There's no arguing there, right? In the history of the Detroit Lions franchise, he is the greatest Detroit Lion of all time. And when you look at my listenership, as far as what cities listen to my show the most, New York City is number one, and right behind New York City is Detroit. So I'm sure that my Detroit, my loyal Detroit listeners out there, whether it be... Guys that grew up in Detroit and moved later on, like Gritty and Kobe, or great Detroiters like uh, Professor Sumrall, uh, Officer Hollins, etc. They uh, are going to enjoy this look at the documentary. And I'm I'm sure that they enjoy the documentary. He is the greatest Detroit lion of all time, and As far as where I rank them, among the greatest running backs I've ever seen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to talk about running backs before 1977 because that's when I started watching football. In 1977, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, single season I ever saw by a running back was Walter Payton on the Chicago Bears, and Walter Payton was the greatest running back I ever saw. Barry Sanders would be a strong number two, Now I will not argue with those. That have Barry above Walter Most of my listenership And I believe Yes 75% of my listenership Are over the age of 35 Or 35 and older So you guys between the ages of 35 and 45 Would have seen Barry Sanders in his entire prime Those between the ages of 45 and 55 Would have definitely seen um, the greatness of Walter Payton towards the tail end of his career. I saw Walter Payton beginning with his third season with the Chicago Bears up until after he retired in 1987. So I saw 11 of his 13 years in the league, and he was he was electric. And one day I will do a tribute podcast on Walter Payton. He's the only one greater than Barry Sanders. And why I say this. Why I mentioned Walter Payton. You see a lot of Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. And for more insight on Barry Sanders' incredible career, from my perspective, you guys can go back in the archives and look at the two and a half hour documentary I did. I mean, documentary. The two and a half hour podcast I did on Barry Sanders. This doc this podcast will be focused on the documentary. And the documentary begins with uh, they plan the events around the week when Barry Sanders retired back in the summer of 1999. Um, I remember it vividly because I was 31 years old at the time. Matter of fact, when he retired, I was on vacation with my son and my parents in Orlando, Florida. I was in a villa and my father and i were watching um espn at night relaxing doing our vacation and all you heard was did it did did it breaking news barry sanders on sports center they had breaking news barry sanders has retired and my father and i were shocked because barry sanders was i think around 1500 yards away from shattering Walter Payton's career Russian record. And at that point in time, Barry was only 31 years old. We were shocked. We were shocked because we thought he was going to play another at least two or three years and decimate the record. And for years, and this is what the documentary is focused on, for years, there was a mystery surrounding why he retired at such a young age and why did he go at, at least play long enough to break the record? And that mystery will be solved later on the podcast. So that's what the, the beginning of the podcast, and you hear Detroit legends like Eminem, and I'm not sure if, the, if Eminem's actually from Detroit. I think he's from a suburb of Detroit. But anyway, uh, Michigan legends, Detroit legends like Jalen Rose talking about... Uh, uh, Jamel Hill talking about how uh, the city was uh, distraught, devastated, Detroit was devastated over the loss of Barry Sanders, him retiring because he was easily the greatest Detroit athlete of the 1990s. Um, and I've sp- spoken about this before um the three greatest detroit athletes i saw growing up and i'm not even growing up because i was 21 when barry sanders was a rookie with the detroit lions but watching from afar you had thomas hearns isaiah thomas and barry sanders those are legendary detroit athletes that stand the test of time you cannot talk about detroit sports without mentioning thomas hearns who's the greatest detroit fi- uh fighter since I started watching boxing in 1977. Isaiah Thomas, who is the greatest Detroit Pistons basketball player of all time, period, end of story. There is no contest. And Barry Sanders, the greatest Detroit Lion of all time. Those were the three that were the standards of excellence when it came to Detroit professional sports. Um, Jamel Hill Hill made a great point about how when Barry was drafted by the Lions, he was looked at finally something that the city could look at positively. But Jamel failed to mention one thing. When Barry Sanders was drafted, it was right around the time the Detroit Pistons were about to win their first NBA championship. And when um, Barry Sanders played his first game in September of 1999, the Pistons were the defending NBA champions and would win another title in 1990. They would win back-to-back NBA championships. So while it was true that there was a lot of negativity surrounding Detroit as a city in the newspapers nationally because of the high murder rate, one of the highest murder rates on the planet in 1989, 1990, et cetera. They had the bad boys, the Detroit Pistons, who were running amok on the NBA, dominating the NBA, and beating Jordan and the Bulls both in 89 and 90 before winning back-to-back NBA championships over the LA Lakers and Portland Trailblazers. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, It's uh, <laughs> that's something that uh Jamel Hill failed to uh mention. I mean, yes, Barry Sanders was something that the city was looking for, but they they had come off great success with Thomas Hearns throughout the nineteen eighties and Isaiah Thomas and the Bad Boys about to win the first NBA championship in that city. So, um, you know. Maybe they edited it out. I'm not sure. Anyway, you had Eminem speak, and you had that piece of shit Tim Allen speak. Fuck Tim Allen. Fuck that rat face, drug dealing bastard. This fucking drug dealing bastard ratted out his friend so he didn't have to spend a significant amount of time in prison. And then he became a huge television star. Fuck him. Fuck Tim Allen. And I'll leave it at that. (laughs) <laughs> Fuck you, Tim Allen. Um so they uh they focused on draft day, the day that the, the the documentary talks about the draft day, the beginning of the documentary, and they talked about, you know, it was one of the greatest drafts in NFL history. You had Hall of Famers like Troy Aikman, Derek Thomas. Deion Sanders and Barry Sanders that were drafted that draft. It's crazy how Tony Mandarich was the second pick overall. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. They should have drafted Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was the Heisman Trophy winner. So um, Dan Patrick talks about how he was assigned to interview Barry Sanders after he got drafted, and he was in Wichita, Kansas. And he was looking for Barry Sanders. He couldn't find Barry Sanders. And he was like, this guy can't be found. And later on, when he finally did find Barry Sanders, he found out that Barry was watching the NFL draft, and he was just relaxing. He he didn't want to be bothered. And right away, you saw what I saw, what my father and I saw throughout Barry Sanders' career from his rookie year until the day he retired. Shockingly, the man was humble probably the most humble athlete in the history of sports. When I think of Barry Sanders, I think of Tim Duncan. Those two athletes never sought out the spotlight, never showboated. They played on a level that most athletes could only dream of. 99.9999% of the athletes on the planet could only dream of having skills in football like Barry Sanders and in basketball like Tim Duncan but they never bragged. You didn't see him um, jive talking or, 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 or uh, how do you call it? Uh, shit talking. Tim Duncan would dunk the ball and he would just run down the court and play defense. Barry Sanders would score an 80-yard touchdown and he wouldn't spike the ball. He wouldn't jump up in joy. He'd hand the ball to the referee. And Barry talked about how he was raised by his parents, how his father was a hardworking man, how his father would have him and his brother work with his father to spend time with, because his father wanted to spend time with his sons, and he also wanted to show his sons how to deal with tools, how to, how to, to see him, to see their father working hard for the things he had to do in order to provide for the family to to, to own the house that they lived in, to put food on their table. And while Barry's father was uh, very uh, boisterous of his son, and you could tell that, uh, rest in peace to Mr. William Sanders, that he was very loquacious brother, that the man taught his sons and his daughters his entire all the children i believe barry was one of 11 siblings what a big family um he taught his kids to be humble even though he could be loud and boisterous he taught his kids to be humble and you saw both his sons talk at great lengths and in great regard of their father throughout this documentary and Barry learned his work ethic. What you saw from Barry Sanders in real life, on the football field, dealing with his own family, dealing with the media, was a humble man who didn't have to brag. As Barry said in the documentary, the results spoke for themselves. And that's the way Barry Sanders played the game of football, lived life, still lives life he lets his actions speak for itself what did one of the commentators say and i remember this and and i love this term whenever barry scored a touchdown he acted like he had been there before no showboating no spiking the ball no dancing he scored the touchdown he handed the ball and towards the end of the first half of the documentary a perfect example, a theme of the, entire pot, of the entire documentary was Barry being humble. Barry Sanders, in the final game of the 1989 season, Barry Sanders' rookie year, he needed 10 yards to overtake Christian Okoye to win the NFL rushing title. Barry had won the NFC rushing title. Christian Okoye had won the AFC and NFL had already won the AFC rushing title. What was up for grabs was the NFL rushing title, the whole kid and caboodle. There was still plenty of time left in the fourth quarter. Barry, all Barry could have, Barry could have broken their record with one rushing attempt. Barry took himself out the game and refused to go back in. The game was already over. The, 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 the game had been decided already. And, Despite Lomas Brown, who, in my opinion, belongs in the NFL Hall of Fame, okay, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, rather, uh, we'll talk about that later on in in, in the podcast more about that. But uh, Lomas Brown was like, come on, you got to get back on the field, Barry, because Lomas Brown said it would be a great tribute to the offensive line for blocking the leading rusher who was a rookie that year in Barry Sanders. Barry said no. His job had been done. The season has been done. He didn't need to add on more yards to uh, get a title that, at the end of the day, seemed very ins- insignificant. And that was the type of athlete Tim Duncan was. And one day I will do a tribute podcast on Tim Duncan. Um, the only difference, the major difference between Sanders and Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan won multiple... NBA championships unfortunately Barry Sanders never did so you saw Barry Sanders on draft day not seek the spotlight was basically you know they had to find him in order to interview him for being drafted by the Detroit Lions and they showed him at the end of his incredible rookie year rookie in which he rushed for 1,471 yards he only needed 10 yards to break to, to win the rushing title how it didn't seem important to him. Individual achievements was not what Barry Sanders was all about. He was the ultimate team player, and we will continue this on the other side when we talk about what has been the greatest Detroit Lions season of my adulthood, the 1991 season, led by Barry Sanders. And right now, Detroit Lions are having – A season on that level right now and they're they just kicked off and so i'ma go uh pause this podcast for the minute um on you'll be hearing some more barry sanders highlights this time you will be hearing his college highlights and then i will come back and talk about barry's 1991 season with the detroit lions and Further seasons on the other side.
3: stiff arms, adios. Alex
6: Morris was the only Aggie in his way, and Morris got a mouthful from that stiff arm by Sanders. <laughs> Leon draw play to Sanders, gets by one tackle for the Aggies, and a good job of closing by Leon Cole. The boys need five. Option, wide open. Sanders needs a block. Ten. Run out of bounds at the five-yard line by Alex Morris, but not before the Cowboys get another first down. They're trying to hold OSU out again as we start the second period. Flip back Sanders. He's going to score. The Aggies had him back at the five-yard line, and the little water bug, Barry Sanders, out of Wichita, Kansas, broke free and scored for OSU in this game. Sanders but move as he's across the 25 to about the 26. Gary Jones, William Thomas for A&M. 6 left to play. Second quarter, Barry Sanders, big hole. a man to beat, and he can't do it. William Thomas saves a touchdown at the a 34-yard line. There are 16 years in the NFL. Tell you what, Sean's
3: had a good start.
6: He really has, and he gets one off. Sanders, look out! Sanders, he breaks another one, goes
3: to the outside, Sanders, at the 30, Sanders, at the 10, touchdown,
1: Sanders, oh my goodness. Left and right, Mike Gundy, the quarterback, gives the ball off to Barry Sanders, overlap tackle, he spins away from one tackle, gets out to the 20, to the 25, and up to the 30, and of about short of the 30-yard line. Barry Sanders, the crowd thought he was. ...toward the formation, here's Gundy, auction play, pitches to Barry Sanders, sweeping the left side, he cuts, spins away, at the 35, and finally is knocked out bounds hard on the far side. ...signal count by Gundy, Gundy gives the ball off to Sanders, breaks away from two tacklers, cuts up the far sideline, and is out of bounds, up very, very, let's see where they put it, it'll be short of the first down, they put us at tailback, from the Nebraska 43. The pitch back to Sanders. Sanders tries to find a hole. Cuts down to 40. Jukes' his way to the 35, down to the 34-yard line. What a great run by Barry Sanders. The guy's a magician. Super play by Barry Sanders, and getting up off the from 10 from their own 23-yard line, trailing 14-0. You have to Barry Sanders over the right tackle. Jukes' his way free, cuts up across the 30, and gets up to 32. A great run by Barry Sanders that has this crowd brewing. Long signal count. Gundy gets to Barry Sanders over right tackle. Cuts up the middle. 25. He's at the 30. He fights forward up the 33-yard line. Barry Sanders, a nice wide receivers are deployed. Gundy gives the ball off to Sanders. Going to the left side. He cuts up the across the 40 to the 42-yard line. Gain of about eight for Sanders. play from their own 42. Hand-off to Sanders up the middle of the draw play. 45. He's at the 50. Cuts to his left and ridden down by the defensive end, Broderick Thomas, down at the Nebraska, 44-yard line. Great run by Barry Sanders. The quarterback for Oklahoma State. Gundy gets the ball to Sanders. Hit the backfield. Gets away. Shoots his way forward. Almost life, Gets away from two tackles. Knights at the 30. 35, 40, 45. Almost up the 50 yard line. tackle from behind by Lorenzo Hicks, I believe. Gundy calls signals with 11-11 to go. Draw play to Sanders. On the left side. 50. He's at the 45. Lines to his left and is out of bounds by Reggie Cooper. Could have been some late hitting there. Tailback. to get to Sanders. On the left tackle. He's at the 5. 2-1. Touchdown. Sanders flips the ball to the official, and the Cowboys have mounted a touchdown drop. wing left. Here's the gift to Sanders over the top, and he breaks the plane, and he gets a touchdown as I thought the last one was. But this one is, according to the officials, Barry Sanders scores over the leap over the top, a one-yard plunge, his second touchdown of the 16 from the OSU 26. Yanni to Sanders on the draw play, gets a block, 30, goes outside, Trying to get away from what? From Hicks gets away from him. He's at the 35. He's at the 40. He's at the 45. What a sensational run oh, by Barry Sanders. Sanders. Absolutely. The third grid, Gundy gets the ball to Sanders. Dukes outside the right end. He's at the five. He's at the two, and he's down to the one-yard line. He, he was hit hard by Tim Jackson. 21. Jackson. Gundy pitches to Sanders over the left side. Heavy traffic. Touchdown, Cowboys over the left side. Barry Sanders scores. He gives the ball to the official, which is. Uh, one of his uh, traditions. Barry Sanders, 20, 63 to 28. Gundy pitches to Sanders over the right side. Two to the one. Touchdown, Cowboys. On his feet, Sanders, who flips the ball to the official. Sanders has gone straight. I'm picking Oklahoma to be number one in the nation preseason next year. Sanders, look at the spin!
3: Sanders across the 40 to the 42. Gundy, the option. Sanders spins! Sanders has a chance! He could go all the way! Barry Sanders is caught from behind at the six-yard line by Jerry Parks. Two wide receivers split to the near side. Gundy's got to scramble again. Finally hits his man, Sanders. Sanders still on his feet. Sanders across the 40 to the 45-yard line. And, folks, he did it all by himself. In Oklahoma State. At the Oklahoma 41-yard line, Sanders has got the first down, still going inside the 35 with a 34-yard line for a Heisman Trophy. Field and Green split to the near side, and they'll go to Sanders! Outside! Barry Sanders! Barry Sanders to the one-yard line! Average 216 yards over the final four games to break Marcus Allen's record, and he's in for the touchdown! Mike Gundy, first and 10, and Sanders again! Barry Sanders across the 35 to the 37-yard line. Scott Garle, Kevin Thompson make the Sanders, touchdown! They give it to Sanders. He's got the first down. Inside the 30 to the 28-yard line. Sanders. Sanders has got some more. Sanders to the 20-yard line. Just shy of a first down. Sanders weaving his way to midfield. Wrapped up by 22. Coming from the middle linebacker position, Steve Addison. 239 over that mark of Marinello and Allen. Gundy rolling, dumping it upfield and catching the football at the 35 is Barry Sanders. First and goal for the Cowboys of OSU. Sanders he for the touchdown. The best pass he threw was dropped. down to 15 seconds they'll stop it and move to Sanders on third and two that's a first down
6: through the hole, and now here's the ability that Sanders has to cut Watch his feet, watch his feet. Look at the balance, and now he's gone. Don't tackle him on the upper body. You can't get him down. They didn't get him down there, and now the speed. Now the speed. Watch his feet. He never commits. See how he gets both feet down? All the time. He's got those both feet on the ground, and now just flat-out speed from the Heisman Trophy win.
3: Play action to Sanders. Gundy, with time, to Barry Sanders, he broke one tackle, almost broke another one, and he's out over the 35-yard line from now, Sanders wants to throw it back to Gundy, he's got it inside the five, Sanders easily for the score, and that's number four on the night for Mr. Sanders' kid from Wichita. And having a big night like the other two are, Dyson Sanders. Here's Barry Inside the 25. And bumped out of bounds at the 17-yard line. And draw play. He should have been set for a loss. And turns it into a gain of about 6 or 7 yards. Same thing he did the year before against Tulsa. Second and three. First down.
2: the second half hour of the documentary began talking about the lions incredible 1991 season and i remember that season vividly because the lions went 12 and 4 barry had another phenomenal season and even though they started the season losing 45 to nothing to the washington Redskins. I thought they had a legit shot at going to the Super Bowl. Uh, they went 12 and four. And as the commentators on the documentary mentioned, the city, and we talk about Jalen Rose and Jamel Hill and, and so forth, the city of Detroit was really rallying behind Barry and the Lions. And remember, I told you. The Pistons had won championships in 89 and 90, and going into the 91 NFL football season, the Pistons had finally lost to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls won their their championship, and the Pistons looked to have hit that wall, which they did. The Pistons would continue to decline, and eventually Isaiah and Dumas retired a few years later, and they began years of futility you had a couple of years in which the Pistons had some success when they had um Grant Hill and uh Allen Houston but then Houston left to go to the Knicks and then Grant Hill left to go to Orlando and then Detroit had to start all over again but eventually the Pistons would win the 2004 NBA championship and in the the 2000s decade 2000 to 2009 The Pistons made several Eastern Conference Finals, two NBA Finals. They were were on a tremendous run. And that was the type of run that the Lions looked to have because as many people on the Bye Bye Barry documentary mentioned during this segment, the two best running backs in football at that time were Barry Sanders of the Lions and Emmitt Smith of the Cowboys. And that looked like it was going to be the equivalent of a magic bird uh, or later on Jordan Isaiah or Jordan magic rivalry with Detroit and Dallas. Barry-Emmitt rivalry. Well, there was a rivalry, but not in terms of Team accolades, individual accolades, yes, not team accolades. Anyway, that year, the Lions beat the Cowboys twice, once during the regular season and in the first round of the playoffs. Um, They massacred the, the Cowboys twice. And I really thought going into game against the Redskins, they had a chance. And ladies and gentlemen, they were only down 17 to 10 at the half. My father and I are watching this game, and we're rooting for the Lions because we never liked the Redskins, all right? I never liked the Washington Redskins except for one game, the Doug Williams Super Bowl game. But other than that, I never rooted for the Redskins. When the Redskins played the L.A. Raiders in the Marcus Allen Super Bowl game in which Marcus Allen ran up and down one of the greatest performances I ever saw a running back have, or any player having a Super Bowl. I loved it. I loved it when the, when the Raiders blew out the Redskins. I loved it when Joe Theismann's leg got broken by Lawrence Taylor. Oh, man. I I know. I'm a masochist. But I was laughing my ass off when Joe Theismann's career was ended. <laughs> <laughs> Only time I rooted for the Redskins was the day that they destroyed the Broncos when Doug Williams had one of the greatest performances by any football player in the Super Bowl. And on this uh, platform, I have a podcast tribute to the life and times of Doug Williams. You guys, if you're interested, you could check that out. I mean, I remember Doug Williams from when he was in college. When he was at Grambling University, Grambling State University. When... My father told me his senior year, which was the first year I watched college football, that Doug Williams was the first, was should have been the first pick overall. He did go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and led them to an NFC Championship game. Doug Williams. Now, back to uh, Barry Sanders. They beat the Cowboys, but they get blown out in the second half. They're down 17-10 to the Redskins. But they get massacred Second half they lose 41-10 to 10. Um, You saw Barry They showed a Clip of Barry Sitting on the bench when the game was ending With that poker face of his But you could tell That he was disappointed But One thing about Barry He didn't show a lot of emotion As humble as he was when he was winning That's how Serene he looked when he was losing, and Barry thought, as he mentioned in the documentary, that that wouldn't be the last time they'd be in an NFC championship game. Who would have known that would it would be the only time um, that would be the only time that they'd win a playoff game. It's the only playoff win in Barry Sanders' illustrious career. Meanwhile, the Cowboys would win three of the next four Super Bowls. And Barry, they didn't mention this in the podcast, would have some horrible playoff games. There was the the, the playoff game where he only rushed for negative one yards. Negative one yards. That was the 1994 playoffs against the Green Bay Packers. Um... In 93, he had a phenomenal game against the Green Bay Packers, rushing for 169 yards. But they mentioned how they blew that game when they let Sterling Sharp, the only Sharp I recognize, fuck that Coon Shannon Sharp. Sterling Sharp was wide open for the game-winning touchdown, and Brett Favre made a career of beating the Lions' ass, whether it was on Thanksgiving or or in the playoffs and in the following year in 1994 they would lose to the packers and Barry gained negative 1 yards in that game after having an incredible game in 93 against the packers he would spit the bit in 94 eventually they fired they 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 fired Wayne Fonts their coach and to take over his place, to take his place was Bobby Ross. Now, I thought it was a great move by the Lions to hire Bobby Ross, because Bobby Ross had taken the an underachieving San Diego Chargers team in 1994 to the Super Bowl. I mean, they got slaughtered. One of the worst massacres in Super Bowl history to the San Francisco 49ers, the team that had Dion, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ken Norton, Ricky Jackson. I mean, they had it all. They had Hall of Famers galore on that team. Look at all those Hall of Famers I just mentioned, all on one squad. That 49ers team is the most talented team I've ever seen on any team in the history of the NFL. And they ransacked the Chargers that day. But Bobby, Roth, Bobby Ross took an underachieving San Diego Chargers team Super Bowl. He had proven himself to be a very good coach. And he took over. And in 1997, they mentioned how Barry got off to a slow start. Um, he wasn't rushing like he was before. And people were afraid that now that this is his ninth season, they mentioned this in the documentary, maybe he's lost a step. No. Barry would step it up. Step it up. And he had one phenomenal game after another. And going into the final game of the season, a game that both the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions needed. The Lions needed to win to make the playoffs. And that final game was important for two reasons. A, the Lions had to win to make the playoffs and the Jets had to win to make the playoffs. B, Barry Sanders was 131 yards away from becoming the third player in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards. Up until that point, it was Jerry Rice. I mean, Jerry Rice, sorry. OJ Simpson and Eric Dickerson were the only two players at that time that had rushed for over 2000 yards. The Jets defense was very good, so there was no way I thought that the 2, the 2105 yard um yards record by Eric Dickerson was in 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 um in doubt because Barry would have had to rush for two hundred and thirty-seven yards, but the hundred and thirty-one yards was definitely definitely reachable for Barry, especially since the Lions needed the game and Barry had carried them up until that point. And now, well, I'll talk more about it later on. Later on in the uh in the segment about why I thought the Lions didn't get to where they should have been throughout the 90s. I'll mention that in, 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 in a minute, but first, the key to this game was, could the Jets stop Barry? Because the Jets had offensive problems, but they were a good defensive team. It came down to the final, it came down, well, first of all, before it came down to that final drive, in the first half, Barry only rushed for twenty yards, so he still needed one hundred eleven yards. But the Jets had shut him down. Then, in the second half, Barry went off, and with a short lead, a slight lead late in the game, thirteen to ten, Barry got his two thousand yard on a two on a two yard run. So now it was second and eight, and the Jets knew who was getting the ball, and Barry, like the great ones, like we know that michael jordan is going to shoot the ball yet he finds a way to score we know that serena williams is going to try and beat you with a with with, with a with a phenomenal serve and she still gets that ace we know that muhammad ali has to win the 15th and final round and so you got to find a way to win that round and yet he wins that round you know what these guys have to do you know that barry's going to get the ball Second and eight, we got to shut them down. The Jets have to shut him down to get the ball back and try and drive to, to tie the game at 13. Barry, with his incredible move moves, makes a couple of Jets miss, and then he breaks into the into the backfield, and he does a 53-yard run. Aaron Glenn, who was a phenomenal commentator on this segment, Tackles Barry around the two-yard line. Barry comes out the game because now the Jets cannot stop the clock. The Lions kill the clock. And when 13-10, to 10, the Jets are eliminated from the playoffs. And the Lions make the playoffs. And, of course, they lose in the very first round again. Again. It uh, – it 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 uh it was uh this time the lions would lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the up and coming Tampa Bay Buccaneers of Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, and the great coach Tony Dungy. I'm trying to remember. That game. I'm trying to let me look up the box score real quick. Let me see if I got the box score for that game because I'm trying to see what. Oh yeah, Barry rushed 18 yards, 18 attempts for 65 yards. So the Bucks shut him down during that Jet game. Bill Belichick, on the documentary, mentioned that in the first half. Reggie Brown suffered a spinal cord injury and almost died on the field. They had to administer CPR to them, to him. And they talked about how that was the second time that a a Barry Sanders, Detroit Lions teammate had gotten paralyzed from a hit on the field. The same thing happened in 1991 to Mike Utley. And I believe uh, the Lions personnel, remember the Lions personnel, Mark McCormick was one, the one who spoke, who said after the season ended, Barry was talking about how he was worried that something like that would happen to him. And ladies and gentlemen, this might've played a part into why Barry Sanders decided to retire after, after the following season, which, the last segment we will talk about Before we talk about that last segment They showed a clip in the second half hour of The documentary of Barry And I believe this was the day that his His uh, statue was unveiled Which we will end the podcast with The very last thing you hear on this podcast Will be the statue ceremony When they unveiled Barry Sanders' statue right outside Ford field he reunites with wayne fonts at i believe that was the game the september 1993 2023 game in which barry meets up with Wayne fonts on the sidelines before the presentation of his uh of his uh statue and Wayne tells Barry, I'm glad you told the truth. And then Wayne tells Barry that the only thing missing from the 1990s uh, team that went to the playoffs four times, that went to one NFC championship game, only won one playoff game, you had Wayne Fox and Bobby Ross both take them, take Barry and the Lions to the playoffs but couldn't get to the promised land was quarterbacks quarterbacks the the quarterback was the one position missing ladies and gentlemen the lions had a tremendous office offensive line with kevin glumber Clover, and lomas brown lomas brown six time pro bowler in my opinion deserves to be in the hall of fame he was on the same level as those great cowboy offensive linemen of the 1990s phenomenal offensive linemen in my opinion he should be the next detroit lion Inducted into the Hall of Fame Well overdue in my opinion You had the great wide receiver Herman Moore who put up Phenomenal numbers throughout that era The run and shoot Offense But you had the wrong quarterback at run and shoot You had uh, What's uh Rodney Pete You had Eric Kramer Scott Mitchell, none of these guys were. You know, I know Rodney Peaton in college, and we're about to talk about that in a minute. I know Rodney Peaton in college at USC was a phenomenal football player. But in the NFL, he was mediocre at best. He was mid at best. Scott Mitchell had a great year playing for Dan Marino when Dan Marino got hurt with the Dolphins. And off of that one year, got a huge deal with the Detroit Lions, and he stunk. Eric Kramer was a solid backup. Never a great starter, in my opinion. They missed that quarterback. Wayne Fonts talked, told Barry, he revealed to Barry, it was the first time Barry ever heard this, that Joe Montana, after he left the San Francisco 49ers and was a free agent, called Wayne and asked if there was any way he could play with Barry and be the Lions quarterback. Wayne went to the detroit lions general manager president chuck schmidt and asked him hey joe's interested what did chuck schmidt say no he's too old montana went to the chiefs and had a great year in leading them to the afc championship game then warren moon the master of the run and shoot offense wanted to come to houston chuck schmidt said the same thing he's too old I'd rather take my chances with a Joe Montana on one moon than a Rodney Pete, Then a Eric Kramer, then a Scott Mitchell. It didn't make sense. Now, before we go on to the next segment, I, and then I'm going to be uh, talking about right now, I'll be talking about Barry Sanders in the documentary showed his Heisman Trophy winning season. They didn't mention how he was a backup the first two years of his college football days at Oklahoma State. They talked about the recruiting process and they talked about how William Sanders, Barry's father, was disappointed because William was a lifelong Oklahoma Sooners fan and he wanted Barry to go to Oklahoma. Barry chose Oklahoma State instead. And for the first two years of Barry's college career, he was a backup to Thurman Thomas, another Hall of Fame great running back. Finally, his junior year, Thurman Thomas has left. He had gone to Buffalo. Barry's junior year, he rushed for the NCAA record, most yards in the season. He had over 300 yards in in a single game. He had one of the greatest, if not the greatest, season ever for a college football running back. And... Rodney, Pete, and Troy Aikman both talked about how they were considered the favorites. But here came Barry. And the night Barry Sanders won the documentary, he couldn't be in New York doing an award ceremony because Oklahoma State was playing in Tokyo. And so, and I I never understood. (laughs) It, It was the first time that, I had ever seen this where where a a, a a team was somewhere else, not even in the country during the night of the Heisman Trophy Award. So Barry was in Tokyo with his Oklahoma State Sooners and so he had to wake up at three o'clock in the morning so they could show him in his Tokyo hotel room, Live on camera. They also showed footage of his family, all his sisters, his brother, his mother, his father. What? No, actually, his mother and father were in New York. My bad. His parents were in New York. It was the siblings that stayed behind in Wichita, Kansas, and they showed them live in their house, watching it on TV while they showed the Sanders, Mr. and Mrs. Sanders watching it in the audience at the New York Downtown Athletic Club. Then they showed Barry Sanders fighting sleep. He didn't seem nervous at all, damn near emotionless. They announced that Barry Sanders won the Heisman. His parents start crying. His siblings are jumping up in joy as they realize that their brother had won the Heisman Trophy and then they show an emotionless stoic Barry Sanders like it was just another day at the office. They interviewed Barry and Barry talked about how he owed all the success to his parents, that he's happy for his parents and he wasn't laughing he wasn't jumping up in joy it was like Okay, I won the Heisman Trophy. The reason they brought that up was because one of his teammates, including Herman Moore, his teammates spoke about how Barry would have dinner at Benny, Blade, Benny and Brian Blade's house, the twin brothers that play in the NFL, and that one time he left his NFL trophy there. Um, The sneakers that he wore, the cleats that he wore to, that – the, the night he, he ran for 108, uh what was it, 100 and what, what did he finally run for that, that day? He needed 131 yards. He ran for 184 yards in that game against the Jets to get over 2,000 yards. He signed the sneakers and gave it to Herman Moore. And Herman Moore mentioned that to this day he still has those sneakers. Barry didn't care. He didn't care about accolades. He didn't care about individual achievements. He didn't care about mementos, memorabilia. He just wanted to be the best he could and let his actions do the talking. Just like the night he won the Heisman, just like the night he won that helped win that playoff game for the Lions and went over 2,000 yards, being at that time only the third man in NFL history to rush for over 2,000 yards in a season. Ladies and gentlemen, hold that thought. Barry Sanders, one of the most humble, if not the most humble athlete of all time, a man that did not care about individual achievements. Not saying he didn't care. He didn't pursue it like other legendary athletes of his ilk of his stature hold that thought because the final segment will talk all about finally why he decided to retire while still being at the top of his game in 1999 we're going to play some more highlights of barry's incredible career and we will come back and talk about the final segment of the documentary.
3: There's six guys on each side of the ball. Hold Sanders cuts oh, back. Oh. Has a little room outside. Oh. Here goes Barry Sanders. He's gone. Aeneas Williams, whoa. 20-0 Washington. Barry Sanders is, is. A carry in the second half in a big one. He's by one defender. Like inside sit. the 10, touchdown, Barry Sanders. Handoff. off Barry. Skirts to the left side. Breaks a tackle. And he will take it in. Touchdown! There's that cutback move. Look out! Gimley's got a shot. And got it. Mitchell, wide open to Sanders, He's amazing. Another draw to Barry, breaks a tackle, 15 to the 10, to the 5, makes a move, by touchdown, Lions. Here's a give to Barry Sanders, he reverses field, 25, 20, 15, 10, and he's gonna be
1: wrestled down there, and the place is going crazy. Oh, my. Galliano swings it off to Sanders, eludes the tackle, goes down to the 20, to the 15, here's Sanders to the 10, to the 5, great moves, touchdown!
3: Second and one, bouncing outside, Sanders, foot race time for Barry Sanders, and forget it, touchdown! Sanders
5: in the backfield, Sanders
3: gets the draw. And room to roam for Barry Sanders. And there he goes. A foot race with Fuller. And from behind, Fuller's got him. But he can't bring him
1: down until he gets to the five.
3: There's a delay handoff to Sanders. Barry breaks out the 30. The race is on. Carl Lee is over there. Todd Scott misses the tackle, but he knocks him out of bounds.
6: Here's the handoff to Sanders. And uh, he just skips away from tacklers. And Sanders is gone. Somebody can run him down and they can and I'm at about the five. First down and ten. And
3: Barry Sanders kicks it outside. Big yards.
1: I tell you what, this guy has moves on his moves.
3: First and ten from the 41, Sanders. And Sanders, blasting out. 2.20 left in the opening. quarter, and Barry, Sanders is in the clear. Here's Sanders up the middle. About that 47-yard stick, you better add a few more. Touchdown for Sanders, no flags.
6: Mitchell gets to Sanders. Sanders has got some room to operate. Sanders, inside the 10,
3: touchdown!
4: Use the covering, covering.
3: And there goes Barry Sanders! Uh-oh, uh-oh. He could go! He's headed for the end zone. Touchdown, Barry Sanders! On the draw, it is Sanders! Barry Sanders! Pete will take the snap, pitches back to Sanders, to the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50. Now the sideline, he may go. 20, 15, 10, five, touchdown, Lyon.
2: Possession for
4: Detroit.
3: Harry Sanders with a seam. Sanders with a comeback, And Sanders. down the sideline, what
6: a beat. Touchdown. Another 100-yard game, could it be here? Yes, yes. and a lot more. That means man to man helps him
2: decide.
3: Sanders, he's the man to stop. Not till the 10 yard line.
2: <laughs> oh, Sanders
3: first down, but he's going to pay Touchdown, Detroit. Kramer. The Barry Spinsley. Oh, wow, touchdown. Wow, Lions. Oh, wow. Sanders going outside. Dante Jones. Can't get him. Neither can anyone else. And Barry Sanders shot if he takes the right angle, and Wilkert makes the play, way to run. Hand off to Barry Sanders, tries to cut back, breaks the tackle to the 15, He's to the 19, to the 20, down the sideline goes 30, 35, 40, foot raise down to the 50, to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 15, to the 10, and he's run out of bounds, Barry Sanders just ran out of
5: gas.
6: Sanders again.
3: Shakes another. Sanders, touchdown, his second of the day. For Herman Moore. Barry on the misdirection play, makes Bankston miss, and there he goes! Sanders! Touchdown!
2: 17 of Minnesota. Sanders making room
3: on his own. And in the end zone, touchdown, Detroit. Watch Jimmy Williams, number 58. Watch him freeze them. Yeah. And it's Sanders looking for daylight. Sanders gets the corner. Barry Sanders explodes. Finally, cut from behind by Buckley. Rodney B, draw to Barry. Barry skirts to the 15, looks for running room, cuts to the 10, he's to the 5, and they'll pick it in. Touchdown Lions! Oh, that is one of the great runs you'll ever see, folks.
1: Second and eight. He gets the call.
4: It's
3: Barry, and he's open to the 10, 5, the top! Lions Barry Sanders! Unbelievable! The first crisis in how he handles it. From the 17-yard line, Barry Sanders breaks one up past the 30. Barry Sanders to near midfield. Again, straight up the field goes Barry Sanders, and then he starts to make his move. He is back to brawl, He hands off to Sanders. Gets outside to the 30. 25-20, fifth to the 15, 10-5, touchdown, Barry Sanders! Draw play, Barry Sanders! Good day Wide receiver for the Lions, and here is Barry Sanders, what a juke up the middle, and Barry Sanders into Tampa Bay territory. Sanders at the 10, he'll score, touchdown Detroit. John Lynch, his strap is laying, think still, on about the 20-yard line. Sanders. In 49er oh, oh, oh. territory. Quintessential Barry Sanders inside the 20, inside the 10. Highlight film stuff, touchdown, oh, <laughs> For After a close call for Detroit, here is Barry Sanders spiking a tackle. Sanders ran right past Melvin Johnson, and it looks like he'll score. And down the line, handoff Barry, spins away from one tackle, cuts back to the left side, he's to the 20, he's to the 15, 10, he's to the 5, Barry Sanders, a spectacular touchdown run. They snap, or about to snap, a five-game losing streak. Mitchell in trouble again, gets out of it, and he gets it away to Barry Sanders in the open field. And look at Sanders make move. Now he has a blocking on the far side. Sanders may go. Touchdown, Detroit. Unbelievable. Bears 43-yard line, and it's Barry Sanders trying to take advantage of a slot opening And he breaks it, and he'll go all the way. Touchdown, Detroit.
0: Watch, through the right side. Morrissey's got a shot, Roper's got a shot, Singletary's got a shot. Carrier had a shot, he let him go, and now you can just forget it. make up signs like that. I mean, they ought to just, you know, go to their home. Re-
3: Sanders well, still on his feet. And Sanders is gone. <laughs> well, you know, it's just a matter of time before everyone on this team is going to be heard from. You think you got him tackled? No. I mean, that's by keeping your feet going and making Sanders move. Some of those moves there's only one guy in this game that makes. And you just saw that guy.
2: the final segment of the documentary focused on the last year of barry sanders career his retirement and finally 24 years after he retired his revelation to the world on why he decided to retire at the tender age of 31 and less than 1,500 yards short of breaking Walter Payton's all-time Russian record. The 1998 season was another frustrating year for the Lions. And Mark McCormick, who I erroneously mentioned in the previous segment as being a Lions trainer, no, trainer, no he was a reporter. And he helped type Barry Sanders, Retirement letter But before that Mark had mentioned that At the end of the 97 season After um, what had happened to Reggie Brown um, What had happened previously to Mike Utley And I mentioned this on the previous segment Mark said that Barry had told him Maybe it's time for him to go And throughout the 98 season He was telling other teammates, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe it's time to go. And he mentioned later on in the documentary when he's speaking to his sons that he was beginning to have second doubts about playing again, that the desire was not there. After the 98 season ended, Many reports were, were, I remember this from reading the newspaper and um, Sports Illustrated, the Sporting News, et cetera, back then, that a uh, the Detroit Lions organization had been ripped apart by the media, not just, I'm sure, the Detroit media, but the national media, sports talk shows like those idiots, Mike and the Mad Dog, that I listened to for years on WFAN in New York, about how the Lions let great talent walk because the Fords, William Clayford, was uh, looking at the bottom line. So great players like Lomas Brown, Herman Moore, Chris Spielman, Brent Perryman, Benny Blades, Kevin Glover, all of them one by one were were, were leaving. Kevin Glover, when the 98 season ended, Kevin Glover, who had left the Lions at the end of the 97 season, was asked to talk to Barry the final game of the 98 season after it was over because Barry was in the locker room just sitting there. And Kevin mentioned that when he talked to Barry. He was telling Barry, look, you got the next year. You're going to break the record. um, And you're going to break Walter Payton's record. And Maybe things could turn around for for, for your team And Barry told them I'm not sure if I'm going to be around next year to break that record And so when training camp began in the summer of 1999 As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast I was in Orlando, Florida On vacation myself with my father My father had just been diagnosed with Stage 4 throat cancer I was on vacation with my father, my mother, and my son. And so my father and I, this was a, this was six weeks before my father's voice box was removed so he could still talk. And we sitting there on a hot, hot summer night. Well, we were in the villa with air conditioners, so we were cool, but we were watching Sports Center and breaking news. Barry Sanders was in London, and barry sanders with the help of mark mccormick had faxed his retirement letter to the detroit lions and my father i was shocked um i'm gonna be honest with you ladies and gentlemen up until that point i didn't know much about barry sanders personally as a personality of his nature because every time i saw barry being interviewed or play football, score a touchdown, do electrifying play. He seemed like, you know, it was second nature to him and that he didn't want to brag, that he knew he was the best in the game, but it wasn't his his nature to brag. No, I I found out after he retired, just how humble of a man he is. And this documentary, Reminded me just how humble and selfless and unselfish an athlete, a man that Barry Sanders has been. And that's because of who raised him. His parents raised him not to be a show off, not to be a braggart, to be a hardworking man who loved his family. They showed his father throughout this documentary archival footage of his father And they showed interviews of his father when Barry retired Now, Barry was in London, so his father became, by uh, default, Barry's spokesman And his father never missed words His father talked about, you know, uh, Barry has the right to do what he wants to do And and it's Barry's decision, and if Barry doesn't want to play anymore such as such um i'm disappointed i wish barry could play again but barry's his own man while you could tell william sanders was disappointed there was pride in him because he realized that he raised a man that was not pressured by the outside world that was not a follower he had raised barry to speak his mind and for barry to do what barry felt was best for himself and his family, and that's what Barry did. They showed, uh, Eminem talked about how he was shocked, and kudos to Eminem, he was excellent throughout this documentary. So was um, Herman Moore, so was Kevin Glover, so was Lomas Brown, so was Mark McCormick, and so were the many siblings that spoke, and so was Shirley Sanders, Barry's mother, who is still alive God bless her to this day Jamel Hill was excellent as well And and, and um, Jamel talked about The disappointment of the Detroit Of the city of Detroit About, man The greatest athlete The greatest football player that ever played On the Detroit Lions is gone And now where does the team go from there? you lose your star player who is still on top of the game. And I understand the fans um, being upset and having their hearts broken. But a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And I respected his decision then, and I respect it even more now. You had dumbass, uh, a dumbass ignorant folk. Uh, one guy called in a ra- uh, Detroit sports radio station sports talk show and mentioned that uh, that OJ was now the second running back he hated the most uh, Barry being number one which was stupid right the man did what he felt was best and then the revelation of why he retired he took his four sons recently Barry Sanders on a trip to London where he went originally when he retired, when he faxed his letter of resignation with the help of Mark McCormick to the Detroit Lions organization. He went to London to have a trip with his four sons and they sat around having brunch and the sons peppered him with questions. Kudos to Barry's boys. Barry's boys were honest and they came from the heart. They were like, dad, why did you retire? You could have broken Walter Payton's record. Dad, maybe if you would have won a couple of Super Bowls, maybe you would have stayed. Dad, maybe if you could have gone to another team. They asked him all the questions, better questions than what reporters asked him back then. Loved it. Barry, with the calm and smooth and stoic way that he's always led his life, but with love for his children, told him, and ladies and gentlemen, there was no mystery as to why he's retired. It was always in the letter of the retirement. It was always inside the letter of the retirement letter. The, the, the letter that he faxed the organization that his desire to retire was greater than his desire to play. He told the Suns, it wasn't in him anymore. The desire to be the best that he could be to play football was no longer there, ladies and gentlemen, when you're no longer hungry in what you're doing, when you no longer, no longer have the desire to be with the woman you're with, the man you're with, if you you no longer have the desire to be at the profession you're making your money at, whether it's a doctor, lawyer, sh- construction worker, when that desire goes just to be in it for the money, I mean, I understand if you're doing it just for the money, but it eats away at you. And you could tell that that 98 season was probably the hardest season of Barry's uh, career because he no longer wanted to be there. Told the Suns that the hunger was no longer there. And ladies and gentlemen, when the hunger is no longer there, most of the time, The best thing to do is to get up and do something else. If it's with a woman or a man that you're involved with, I've been there. It's time and the desire to no longer be that woman or that man's lover to live a life with that, with your significant other. If you feel it's time to move on, then you have to move on. You're not doing yourself a favor and you're not doing that woman or that man a favor speaking from experience. This documentary not only quote unquote revealed why Barry finally retired, it showed why Barry is who Barry is. The strength of his parents, especially his father, the way his father taught him. They showed the 2004 Hall of Fame induction where his father had the honor of introducing Barry as Barry gets inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he said that Barry was the third greatest running back that ever lived. Jim Brown was number one. William Sanders himself was number two, and Barry was number three. And Barry walked up, and Barry didn't break didn't break character. He wasn't laughing or anything. He went up there and he gave a great speech, and he talked about how his parents. were were the main reason why he became who he became, especially his father, ladies and gentlemen. I loved Barry's relationship with his father because it reminded me of my relationship with my father. And William and my father both share a similar thing. (laughs) They both say and said before they died, my father died in 2000, William Sanders died in 2011. That Jim Brown was the greatest running back that I've ever lived My father saw O.J. Simpson He saw Walter Payton He saw Eric Dickerson He saw uh, Barry Sanders Emmett Smith He saw them all before he died in 2000 He always said that Jim Brown was better than Barry Sanders Was better than Walter Payton Was better than O.J. Simpson And that was his Mount Rushmore of running backs Barry at that brunch with his sons told them that he loved them and they finally, and he said he loved, he has loved all the great journeys that they've done together, all the great trips, all the great projects they've been involved together. But he said, this right here is the best time he ever spent with his sons. And you saw love and smiles from all four of his sons. And it warms my heart to see that Barry inherited his love of his children from his parents especially his father his father raised 11 kids and in one of the interviews archival interviews they showed of barry's father he said from his sons he wanted his sons to each have three four kids and to enjoy the experience of being fathers and you saw that with barry you ended the documentary with the statue reveal the uh unveiling of barry sanders statue a few months ago outside ford field in detroit michigan and you saw the pride that barry sanders had when he first saw the statue and he gave a great speech and i'm gonna play that speech at the very end of this podcast that'll be the last segment of this podcast the Barry Sanders statue uh, tribute, the Barry Sanders statue uh, revelation and um, ceremony. The Barry Sanders statue ceremony will be the last segment you hear on this podcast. He gave a great speech once again, he honored his parents, his mother was there. Um, And after the ceremony was over, he took pictures with several Detroit Lions fans, signed autographs and then they showed him with his siblings and his brother told barry dad would be proud of you today and barry was like i i maybe i hope so you saw barry while barry was beaming with pride he wasn't like oh i know he's proud of me no he's still with his humble self was like okay. I hope I hope my father, I hope dad's still proud. I hope dad is looking down on me with pride. Love. I love it. Barry Sanders has always been a special dude. Always been a special man. Humble man. It's hard to be that great at what you do and go about it like you're just an average guy every day. Like I said, it reminded me of Tim Duncan in the NBA, Alexis Arguello in boxing, where. Yes, you are great, but you can be a gentleman. You could be a great father. And you cannot, and and you can be able to do this without telling the world how great you are. You show it with your actions. Bo Jackson was like that. Just great men, great fathers, great athletes, great human beings. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this documentary, Bye Bye Barry, for those who haven't seen it. It's available on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend it. I only review documentaries that are top tier. I don't don't, um, review trash. Not here on the Legends of Sports and Music. And um, I'm glad I was able to do this documentary on Barry Sanders. For all the Detroit Lions fans out there, for all the NFL fans out there, for all the Barry Sanders fans out there, for all the fans of great people, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope I did justice to this great uh, documentary. And I hope I did, once again, justice to Barry Sanders' career. This was the second podcast I've done on Barry Sanders. For a more extensive look at his life and career, you could check out part one, available on the same platform that you're listening, to my review of Bye Bye Barry. Uh there's nothing more left to say other than I hope Barry Sanders gets to live not as long as his father, William, but longer than both his father, William, and his mother, Shirley, who's in her 80s. And you could tell by watching her talk about her son, talk about her her late husband, and her at the ceremony, that she still loves life and that she is so proud of Barry. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave you with the unveiling of Barry Sanders' statue ceremony. Um, Next week, we'll be back with another Michael Jackson documentary review. The next two episodes here on The Legend of Sports and Music, we'll look at The Bad 25, documentary directed by Spike Lee. And then the week after, we'll be looking at the debut of the thriller documentary on Showtime, directed by the legendary author, Nelson George. Enjoy the Barry Sanders uh, statue ceremony. Until next week, when we talk Michael Jackson's documentary, Bad 25, Happy holidays to everybody. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Be blessed and always be a blessing.
3: Once they get ready to go, you can all count it down with me. We'll count it down for five, four, three, two, one. There it is.
4: It's a little bit, thank you, Lions fans. Wow, amazing. A little bit overwhelming. Um, I really don't even know where to start. But I have to say uh, I'm so blessed and fortunate um, to be in this position, to have this kind of a recognition and tribute. And like someone said earlier, it's so much of a tribute to so many that are connected to me. Um, and so, um, but thank you so much. Um, I'll, I'll try to, to, uh, I'll try to express my thanks, um, and just point out a few people that, that have, have kind of been instrumental. Um, you see this, this great, uh, you know, statue and and uh, how it came out. Uh, the artist again, uh, I think his name Omri and Lou, what a fantastic job um tremendous job and you guys made me you really made me look good you know something like this is a pretty big undertaking um and there there are those that you know that were really at the forefront of of making this happen um you know i i first i think about you know Mrs. Ford uh, Sheila Ford-Hamp, um, thank you so much. Um, you know, this doesn't happen without, you know, just one, resources and time and effort, um, know-how, um, and so, you know, others in the, in, you know, in my current Lions um, family and the current Lions organization uh, who i want to just mention uh as well would be you know rod wood who was just up here um and uh obviously coach campbell i appreciate your words uh brad holmes who's who's down here um my former teammate chris chris bellman um emily griffin who's been wonderful um and uh the person who i have worked with probably the most uh kelly um hopefully um I didn't miss anyone but my current Lions family current Lions brass you've been tremendous in and um making this day happen and you know all in the middle of a football season uh which I would think would be a little higher priority so uh, so um so thank you so much for for that uh the effort and hopefully you know um hopefully my agent didn't pester and bother and threaten you guys, too much. Uh, his name is J.B. Here He is right there in the front row. Uh, he has a way. He has a certain way about him. Um, you know, uh, he didn't mean he didn't mean anything, anything by the threats or whatever that he made. But uh, but no. Um, also, you know, another person who was instrumental in, in help, helping me pull this together would be my my little sister Krista. She's somewhere out here. Thanks for your work, Krista. Um, And my, my mom is, is here. She made a rare appearance to, to Detroit. So uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that, I'm fortunate. Really fortunate that she's here and there's so much that, um, that I can thank her for, as her example, um, just in leading our family um, and taking care of us. and. And uh, nurturing us, um, and so many, so many great attributes that that I was blessed to have a mother um, like her. So, um, so yes. Th- thanks for that great clap for her because she, she de- certainly deserves it. Um, and I can't help, I can't help but ex- ex- experience something like this and not think about my dad. I mean, we we lost him in 2011, um, and. You know, he's, he was such a big sports fan, Um, just, he was a passionate sports fan, you know, very opinionated. Um, It's interesting to think about him. I want to, I want to try to pay tribute to him, but I know that in thinking about him, I know if he were here, he would tell all of you, you know, about how great of a running back Jim Brown was. Um, Um... but uh, he, he was the guy that didn't mind going off the script uh, and, and, you know, definitely danced to the beat of his own drum. But he's the reason why, one of the big reasons why I love the game. And and um, and also he would always take all the credit. He never gave mom any credit. So I'm glad I could, I'm glad I could do that. But, um, and then I think about, you know, obviously playing the game most of my life. And I had the, the good fortune of being around, um, Coaches that, that really impacted me in a positive way. Um, you know, the first coach that, that I'll mention is a gentleman who, you know, he came to my high school my senior year. Um, was it was his first year there. And, and uh, I guess the middle of the fourth game that year, He said to himself, I I think this Sanders kid is a running back. Before that, I had been playing a different position. Um, He said, I think this Sanders kid is a running back. Um, We've remained friends all these years. I'm delighted that I can honor him. His name is Dale Burkholder. Where are you, Coach Coach B? Um, There he is right there, Coach B. Appreciate you. And Coach, Coach B, sent me off to Oklahoma State where I had a chance to, an opportunity to be around another coach um, that I uh, always loved seeing and loved spending time with. Um, even had a chance to c- compete against him in, on the professional level as he moved on to the pros. But he coached me my Heisman Trophy year. Um, his name is Pat Jones. I don't know if Coach Jones is here, um, but uh, Pat Jones was, was my coach that year and I want to recognize him. <laughs> And then one of the first people that I met, one of the first people from the Detroit Lions organization that I met in the year I was drafted, the spring of 1989, um, he came down to Stillwater, Oklahoma, where I went to school. And he took me through the um, kind of a pro day there, you know, ran the 40, did the vertical jump, a few other drills, and this coach pulled me aside afterwards and he said, young man, if you're, if you're coming out of school, we're going to draft you. Um, and he's also, you know, I had a chance to say hi to him a minute ago and he reminded me to tell all of you, all of you that he's responsible for everything I've ever done. Uh, so he wanted me to tell you that. But his name is Wayne Fonts right here. <laughs> we had some great years, great years together, man. Some great years together. And I have to also, you know, just think about the team that I had the privilege to join uh, when I came here in 1989. And many of us are are still friends and in touch, Um, just a great group of men. I had a chance to mention Chris Spielman earlier. Um, I think about Kevin Glover. I think about guys like Eric Gandosek, who's no longer with us. Lomas Brown, um, Herman Moore. The, li- the list goes on and on. I see, I see Ken Dalla for, um, thanks, guys. I mean, I-, I played with guys who, you know, who wanted to see me succeed. And it, w- and it, w- it was vice versa. Um, you know, they- it was that sort of a mutual respect. And they cared about not just what happened on the field, but they cared about what kind of character you had off the field. And it was great to just being around gentlemen like that. Uh, it-, it certainly helped me as a, as a young player. Um, and so I'm forever grateful for that. Um, and also, the, you know, the, the coach that I played with in my final two years, his name is Coach Bobby Ross. I don't know if Coach Ross is here, but I, but I certainly appreciate the time I had with him as well. Um, if, if, if I could, if I could, I would go out to each and every Lions fan and give you a hug, tell you how much I appreciate you, um, it's been such a a um, wonderful journey for me, um, just being lifted up and cheered on by all the Lions fans out there and Barry Sanders fan. I I really appreciate it. Um, it's hard to express how much you really mean to me. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, all you Lions fans, for coming, packing the Silverdome, packing Ford Field. Uh, we had some we had some great times together. You know, some of my other some of my other relationships since I retired, I have to t- I had to take on some new sort of teammates, um, and I want to sort of uh, recognize some of them as well because you know they they've shown faith in me um, as a former player to be able to represent them. Um, you know, I, I think um, you know. I think that it's been mutually beneficial. So I'll just um, also recognize some of the great relationships that I've been able to. Some I've been able to continue to have. Some that um, just um, you know in the last few years. But um, I'm grateful for my relationship with companies like Nike, who um, you know Nike. They, they made these these new kicks for me for this event. So. Um, and there's also Rocket Mortgage. Um, you know, you know they've been. Um, it's been a great relationship with them. A great local company, obviously, uh, who has a world, worldwide reach. Um, and so it's been tremendous being able to work with them. Uh, EA Sports, BetMGM. They housed. BetMGM. Thank you. You housed all of my family for this. So, <laughs> and as you can tell, I have a, a pretty large family. Um, so. And then there's, uh, you know, I'll rush through this. There's Nissan and Lefties and, and Amazon, um, Visa, Bud Light, Panini, Schwartz Sports, Bernstein Law, another great local company, and Blue Cross and Blue Shield. So I, re- I really appreciate that, that relationship um, and what we've been able to, to create. You know, I, I'd have to say my, my journey, you know, everyone has like sort of a different journey. And I cannot say that I had this all planned out. Um, You know, it was not part of necessarily my master plan. Um, Fortunately for me, I think I just had, you know, some really good talent and was definitely willing to put effort into being a good football player. You know, I wasn't heavily recruited out of high school Um, I just love playing the game. I love being on the field. And for me, in high school, it was really just about being a good high school player um, and maybe earning a scholarship to college. But I had also great habits, you know, because, because, you know, It was just that light that went off in my head that, man, I'd love to be able to go to the Big 8 conference and play college football. You know, I'm the kid who would get up and go running, jogging through the neighborhood or finding an open field and doing wind sprints or going to one of my buddy's house to, you know, I didn't have a weight set at my house, so go lift weights wherever I could. Um, It was just something driving me just to be, you know, that better high school football player to get onto the field and, and maybe have a college notice me. And when I got to college, it was about being just a great college player. And and um, there was already a great player there named Thurman Thomas that I, I was a couple years behind. Um, but for me, it was just about continuing that daily grind. Um, and so for me, it wasn't – I never had this, you know, all in my master plan. I'm fortunate that I came from a home where I had some pretty good habits. Um, I love the game. I think back to – just my relationship to the game. It serves, I feel like, so many purposes for me. You know, it's, as a kid, it was where you met your friends. Um, it was a, where, where you were entertained, where you entertained yourself. Um, of course, you played it as a sport. It's the way you stayed in shape. Um, obviously, it's, it's how I you know, went to college. And then, and then after that, how I made a living. But I can't say that it's something that you know, I always had planned out. Um, I just took it a step at a time and fortunately had good, good guidance um, and didn't make any mistakes that threw me off course. Um, and that's, I guess, how I, how I end up here today. So I'm very grateful for that. i always, it, it was, you know, always I'll also remember just how big of a fan of the game that I was um, as a kid. And I remember sitting in my room drawing football men um, drawing my favorite players and making sure the helmet was, you know, round enough and the emblem on the helmet was just right um, and the colors were just right, the pants um, were the right dimensions and just, you know, just, um, I just, you know, as a fan, there was that part of it, that, that love that I had for the game and the players that I followed. Um, to be able to grow up and be one of those guys um, who are being followed, I, I you know, it's really just hard... To, sometimes even to imagine. But I'm so grateful uh, and thankful that it happened. And, and um, you know, there, you have heard the saying that uh, you give a person their flowers while they're around. Um, I don't plan on going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. I'm just saying uh, that saying you give a person. Well, to use that analogy, you know, if this statue can be you know can be used with that analogy then I would have to say this is this is one heck of a bouquet uh, for me so thanks a lot I appreciate it love you all.
3: being here for this very special celebration. Our VIP guests are now invited to join us for a reception at Detroit Athletic Club Pavilion, just one block away. The entrance to the venue is on Adams Street and golf carts are standing by for those who do not wish to walk. Golf carts will also be available to transport you back to your vehicles until 11 p.m. tonight. Immediate family, please join us in front of the statue for photos. Everybody else, how about one more time for Barry Sanders?